Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Salatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman on this very special program at this very special time with a very special guest, Sheikh Nasim Abadi. Assalamu alaikum. As always, it's an honor, a pleasure to have you live with us in Albayan Radio Studios at this very late evening. And as always, the honor and the pleasure is all else. It's good to see you after Ramadan, after Eid. How was your Eid? Alhamdulillah, very good. Alhamdulillah. I found as soon as Eid came, all of the problems that people were fighting over disappeared. Yes. So, Alhamdulillah, uh, it going away was... Uh, Eid present in and of itself, alhamdulillah. We'd like to welcome all our viewers watching on Albayan Radio Australia uh, on the YouTube and also ASWJ Australia Facebook. You can leave your comments, feedback and suggestions and inshallah we'll try to get to them throughout the program. On this uh, on this program today, we're going to continue uh, part six of Why the Muslim Woman. You can uh, watch the previous parts there in the description on our YouTube channel. All the links are there as well. And on Facebook there you can find the links to catch up on the previous episodes. Please do so. Shaykh Nasir, maybe a quick recap and we'll get straight into it. How's that sound? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam wa rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ala. And my bad, just a very quick recap. We gave in the first maybe four lessons uh, or episodes to the series an introduction to why this topic, the importance of this topic, etc., and as we always mention, you cannot understand that which comes after unless you've understood the introduction. Certain things may sound foreign, certain things may sound strange, uh, certain concepts you may disagree with. But usually if you go back and you watch the introduction, inshallah, it will be a very, very, very easy thing to understand that which is built upon it. And then we spoke about in the uh, last episodes of why the Muslim woman specifically, because the issue at hand is not affecting only Muslim women. It's affecting all women around the world. But we are focusing obviously from an Islamic perspective. And then we focused on why specifically the Muslim women are focused on uh, nowadays. And then inshallah Azza wa Jal today will continue and build off from that inshallah Azza wa Jal. Excellent, excellent. It is an important topic and very relevant to our time today. So Jazakallah khairan for discussing it. Sheikh Nasim, where are we going to start tonight's discussion from? Today, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, we will speak about two very important points, and they are how they do it. So we spoke about the importance of it, we spoke about the dangers of it, we spoke about all of these types of things. Today, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, we will speak about how they actually get to the Muslim woman specifically. There's how they get in general, things like media and the like. We don't want to focus just on them. We want to focus on things which are specific to the Muslim women, and these are going to affect not only the Muslim women, but also the Muslim men. And this is going to be a very, very, very important point in our discussion today because men are the fathers of these women, men are the husbands of these women, men are the brothers of these women, etc. And so they also play an important role in their life in the guidance of what's right and wrong. Just like you have females that are giving advice to men, also we have Islamically men that give advice to females. So today, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, we'll focus on these two points. There are many, many, many points. But these are two very common ones, which so many people, unfortunately, uh, make extreme mistakes in. Mm. So I've heard it before. You know, when, when, when a man 
may advise a sister or a brother may advise a sister who are you to advise us leave it for sisters only and uh, you know and this is something which really is very sad because as we know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he's the greatest of men he used to admonish have a specific time to the women speak to the women this is a this is something which again this is something directly that will fall into the categories that we speak to today خلاص let's just get straight into let's it let's get into it the first one is they get us to accept un-islamic concepts as if they are islamic without us realizing at all so they get us to accept un-islamic concepts as if they are something islamic without us actually thinking pondering analyzing this concept and unfortunately many a time we take it hook line sinker so if we look at the one that you just mentioned because this is a very 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 common example Why are you as a man or what gives you the right as a man to speak about women's issues? So we've now created a concept that men cannot speak about female issues. This is absolute absurdity. If there's other funky words that you'd like to use, use them because they all apply. Men can speak about female issues, females can speak about male issues. Yes, there may be certain concepts without yani without doubt that men understand better about men and women understand better about women but the theoretic concepts the Quran and Sunnah the ahkam of Islam this is something open to all right and wrong something open to all and anyone can speak about it yani when was it that a doctor was only allowed to treat the gender that yani they are of yani when was it only that male doctors speak about male doctors female doctors speak about sorry male doctors speak about male issues female doctors speak about female issues this doesn't happen why because generally speaking the problem has one two three symptoms this is what your diagnosis is this is what the treatment for it is whether you're a male or a female it's going to be the same chemically yani uh, does this break my wudu yes or no you don't need to be a man to know it you don't need to be a female to know it similarly when we speak about these types of matters people do unfortunately uh, try and get involved and he say okay where did that concept come from that you can't speak about uh, female issues if you're a male or vice versa if we stop and we analyze concepts that we abide by in our life and ask ourselves where did we get this from you will quickly if you are a true believer change your understanding of that reality why because Allah azza wa jalla Taurus in the Quran that it's not for a believing male or believing female that if anything comes to them from Allah the Prophet sallallahu except that they say we hear and we obey sami'na wa ata'na so if something from the Quran and Sunnah come to us we submit to it and if that which opposes the Quran and Sunnah come to us then obviously we reject it this is understanding the opposite we reject it a concept like that a concept like uh my body my right so these are very 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 nice phrases they sound very innocent they are something which yani people say without understanding its background without understanding its implications my body my right yani it's my body i can do whatever i want with it this is originally said uh, with things like abortion yani a woman becomes pregnant yani in catholicism and yani other christian denominations abortion in all of its forms is uh, considered uh, prohibited and so 
in many in countries and states around the world, it was not allowed to get an abortion. So the movements come out that they're secular states. Why do they need to abide by religious laws? We want to get rid of this. If a woman wants to get an abortion, she should be able to get an abortion. Mumtaz. So they come up with certain slogans and mottos and the like. From amongst them is, my body, my right. I can do whatever I want. So we have this inherited concept to Islam, my bo- not to Islam, to some Muslims, my body, my right. And they use it to say, whatever a woman chooses to do, she should be allowed to do without any objection whatsoever from anyone. Not her father, her husband, society, religious leaders, government, no one. She does whatever she wants. Tayyib, this concept, did you pause and think, is it an Islamic concept? My body, my right? Tayyib, did you stop and think to yourself, no, my body, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right. My body, I'm a slave of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah is my master. Allah Azza wa Jal tells me what to do and what not to do. In reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala owns our bodies. If you want to look at it from that angle, that perspective. Allah is our master. That's it. Allah Azza is our master. He created us. He sustains us. He provides for us. He made us and to him we will return. And he knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. underline that, I think. And so he puts the rules and regulations for us. If you stick to them, not only is it beneficial, as you mentioned, for us in this dunya, but it's also, more importantly, going to be beneficial for us in the hereafter. So if you're a believer, you don't have this concept of my body, my right. I do whatever I want. No. You say, it's my body, yes. Allah's given me the choice. But what has he told me what to do? He has told me that which is right, and he's told me that which is wrong. Which of the two am I going to choose? So if a woman simply sits and ponders over this statement, a lot of things are far removed from the wrong in her life. If you look at that same statement, my body, my right, it's also now used for the sexualization of women. A woman can wear what she wants, dress how she wants, uh, sorry, wear and dress how she wants, go where she wants, uh, be as sexually promiscuous as she wants and the like, and no one is allowed to say anything to her. Tayyib, Islamically, is this a concept which is acceptable in Islam? In Islam, no. In Islam, Allah Azza wa commanded the woman to wear hijab. In Islam, Allah Azza wa commanded the believers to lower their gaze. In Islam, uh, in Islam, Allah Azza wa commanded that yani, the opposite genders do not intermingle unnecessarily, that they are not alone together, that there is no touching of non-mahrams, etc., etc., etc. Why? In order to reduce the level of fitna that is in societies. So that the harms that fitna produces do not come along. Tayyib, how do you say my body, my right to justify all of these promiscuous and haram things that are going to be led to? It's not an Islamic concept. Another very common concept, the haram police. The haram police. Okay? Yani anyone that advises someone else, this is a haram police. These people are bad. These people are annoying. These people are extremists, etc., etc., etc. Uh, okay, stop, pause, go back a few steps and ask yourself, where did that concept come from? Is it from the Quran and Sunnah, which advises us in a multitude of verses and a hadith of the importance of enjoying the good and forbidding the evil? Why do you not want someone to enjoy the good and forbid the evil? What are the consequences of not enjoying the good and forbidding the evil? Yani people, again, if they were to pause, stop, 
think a little bit, they would say that these are un-Islamic concepts. One of our favorite, and I'm sure you'd like it too, uh, it is a narration reported by uh, Tupac Shakur. You know, only God can judge me. Not <laughs> Tupac, huh? Yani, people yani, love these types of statements. Only God can judge me. And what they mean by it, again, like the haram police, let me do as much as, as much haram as I want, but you are no one to say I'm doing right or wrong. It is not up to the individual, correct, to say right and wrong. But it is up to Allah Azza wa Jal to say right and wrong. And we are followers of Allah Azza wa Jal. You know what's funny? Like imagine someone on Waterloo Road, Greenacre. <laughs> Shout out to all the brothers and sisters of Greenacre. Oh, I don't know why you're doing a parade. <laughs> it's more of a speed track. Doing 200 kilometers an hour. Gets pulled over by the police. Good old Bankstown police. And he says to him, you've been traveling 200 kilometers. And he says, you know what? Only God can judge me, bro. What would the copper do there? I don't know if you've seen the sovereign citizen videos <laughs> where they give them a warning. If they don't get out of the car, they smash the window and force them out. But I'm guessing it'd be something similar to that scenario. So the police officer, he's doing his job up, uh, upholding the law, which is to... You, you got know, the law. The law is set. 60 black and white. 60 kilometers an hour down junior parade there. Um, you're doing 200 kilometers an hour, probably instant license revoked. Um, court date, I don't know what it is. So here, you know, no one's going to tell the police officer, only God can judge me. We have a more supreme law, which is the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all are admonishers of one another. We should all remind one another in the best possible way. And this is a universal ayah that everyone knows and should know and should implement. Cooperate with one another on righteousness and good deeds and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning if I do wrong, you should pull me up. If you do wrong, I should pull you up with etiquette, with manners, with wisdom. And this is something that really is forgotten and they throw out these ridiculous statements that only God can judge me, meaning don't talk to me, don't remind let, me, let me, don't let advise me, do me nothing. And, uh, and keep quiet. Keep a little on that. Again, these are all Islamic concepts. These are all un-Islamic concepts which we've uh, just accepted uh, hook, line and sinker as if they are something upright and, and worthy of being taken. Other concepts of how we should live. Yani these are very, very, very common things. Any other things like uh, every woman, just like a guy, needs to focus on her career path. Yani now, if you tell, uh, not if you tell, from themselves, if a woman says that she doesn't want to yani, go and have a career, she wants to uh, get married young, she wants to have a family, and she wants to focus on raising her children. She wants to be a housewife and focus on raising the children, which not only is the nature of a woman, not only does every religion promote that that is the best way for a woman to be, not only does the reality of women in history fall under uh, that same category, not only does it feed into the nature of a woman which is more than suppressed, now changed in a woman. But for those that yani, still have that love for it, if she says that and comes out with it today, she's ridiculed. If she says that, she's looked at as if something's wrong with her mentally. And yani, she's called actually abusive names, like stupid. And yani, Are you stupid? Are you dumb? And yani, Is that why you can't do it? Why would you want to do this? She's questioned. Why would you want to uh, choose such a lifestyle? These are very, very, very sad times. When a woman who wants to follow that which is in line with her nature, follow that which has been done throughout history, 
that which every religion promotes. She turns around and says, if I do that, if I say that, my parents will be against me. My family will be against me. Society will be against me. My school will be against me, etc. This is very sad. And Alhamdulillah, you know, we've taught hundreds of females, young females, hundreds of them. We went to school with how many? This is you know, a fact that is in them, but they're upset to say. And they're fearful to say. And they're shy to say because of the backlash that they'll receive, beginning with, unfortunately, many of their family members. So this is a concept. Okay, the woman, she goes to school, finishes year 12, goes to university, starts her career. No problem. We are not talking here about halal or haram. But let's look at the reality of the consequences that this produces. Whether you want to look at the reality of things like promiscuity or immorality that it can potentially produce. And anyone who wants to come and says, Sheikh, how can you say that these things lead to promiscuity and immorality? Don't talk to me. Go and talk to, we already know what happens. But if you don't want to take our words, no problem. But go and do your own research and ask yourselves, why are levels of cheating increased nowadays than they were decades ago? Why are levels of um, yani bastardry, really, yani children being born out of wedlock, why are those levels so high? Why are the, le- the levels of uh, the, the age, sorry, of women uh, losing their virginity, becoming yani, so much younger? Why and why and why? You go look at them up. Look at the reasons why. Don't, don't worry about us. Forget us. Turn us off. No problem. But you do the research into it. The consequences of unhappiness in females because they need to maintain a certain image. They need to always beautify themselves. They need to now yani, be competitive with other females, which yani, causes a lot of self-esteem issues. This is not something new. This is something now that governments around the world are talking about self-esteem issues and the problems that uh, comparing yourself to other females, etc., 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 is producing. But they're not talking about what produces that. They're not talking about the reasons that get them there. Because if they were to talk about the reasons that got them to there in the first place, the entire yani, Western civilization would be destroyed. Because that's what's, that's what's leading to it. Naam, yani, things like unhappiness. Uh, yes, they talk about uh, things like financial uh, independence for females. Obviously, she's working. She's going to have more money. She's going to be happier financially, freer financially. But on the flip side, what about the happiness and the want naturally of human beings, especially females, to have a family? How many women are now in their 30s and they're like in desperate mode trying to find a spouse? And again, to please, if you disagree with us or you don't trust what we're saying, please, Allah Khalikun, do us a favor. Just turn us off and go do the research. Muslims, again, and non-Muslims. How many people uh, are yani, single, for example, and they're getting towards their 40s, and they know that naturally the woman's body becomes uh, less responsive in trying to have a child when she gets to her late 30s. So they're freezing their eggs. They're trying to find sperm donors. They're trying to find surrogate mothers. They're doing all of these things. They're They're desperately trying to get married, and they're accepting things that are less than what they would have had for their standards when they were 20 years old, for example. Or so they can have a family. Tayyib, the ones that do have families, but they focus on their careers. What happens to their family life? 
why is divorce so you know, ripe and rampant? Why is everyone getting divorced? Why is divorce like you, know, you would know and tech men would know and everyone online would know? There's more, it feels like anyway, there's much more divorces throughout the year than there are marriages. Yeah, probably. Like you get invited to, for example, maybe two, three marriages a year. And then there's like five, six divorces that you know of personally a year. Again, now, now Sheikh Nassim, sorry for cutting you off there. We do want our listeners and our viewers to give us some constructive feedback, you know, to this discussion. So we've got some already we've, on other platforms. Um, it's hard to find any good, useful comments. It's just people arguing. So we'll leave them to argue. <laughs> Anyone with genuine comments, uh, Please, genuine if questions. you are arguing in the comment section, leave it. Yani, uh, no right one, no one, take, one, no one take offense, but it's a statement that I love to say all the time. The comment section is the jungle of stupidity. Please, you're arguing with someone that has time to argue. Who has time to argue? That person has nothing better in their life. If you don't have anything better in your life, listen, and don't argue with the person. Don't worry about the person. They're not going to follow what you say, and you're not going to follow what they say. Don't waste your precious energy. These things are going to be held against us on the day of judgment. Very simple. Let them say what they want to say. If you, Yanni, want to argue, Khalas, go and sleep. Well, it's better um, for you. And, and for those people saying, just a, a brother just popped up and said, that's why you block people. Of course, we're going to block stupid comments <laughs> and, and, guidance, and, and, and comments of misguidance and, you know, stupid comments that have nothing to do with discussion, which are not useful, which are not backed by Islamic proof or any evidence or any logic even. So, of course, we're going to delete it. We have some good feedback here. Um, the most hated of speech to Allah is when one man says to another, Fear Allah, and the other says, Mind your own business. And this is a hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, which has been authenticated by Sheikh Al Albani. Beautiful. Jazakallah khair, or Jazakallah khair, um, for that contribution. And that's referring to what we spoke about at the start of the program when you tell someone, you know, you know, brother, or you pull them up or advise them, or sister, and they say, You know, leave no, me alone. You know, if someone tells you, Fear Allah, you say, and you say, yeah, mind your own business, leave me alone, or only God can judge me. This is from and the Church of the Hypocrites. So that's a very nice hadith. Jazakallah khair. Excellent. Okay. Um, uh, let's continue going um, uh, with the discussion. Um, and uh, I'll mention some comments maybe at the end, but you know, very, very hard to, you know, got some, you know, many people agreeing with what you're saying, and others just have no useful contribution to the discussion in reality. Um, I believe Western society has ruined marriages. The Cali Muslim. It's from California. I Cali think. Muslim. We're just talking about Tupac in California. Now what's going on? It's all, that's, a good, uh, that's, that's a good comment. What do you think? The Western they, society they, only? They, they are saying it. Not, not, again, not us. They are saying it. You know, even in today, in many you know, uh, Eastern traditions, even if they are not Muslim, you know, the... The concept of marriage is still a sacred one. And it's a very traditional understanding of marriage. Anywhere where there is this uh, modern understanding of marriage, this is where marriage fails. For example, you know, not allowing the men to be the authority figure in the house, as an example. So we know, doesn't matter what union you're in, there needs to be one captain. Doesn't matter what union you're in. If that uh, you know, captain is the wife, for example, that's your household. But generally speaking, the traditional understanding is because of the skill set that Allah has given the man that he is the better leader. 
Jay, he's not as emotional, etc. He's not as rational in making, he's more rational in making decisions. Tayyib, if you try and challenge this concept, and now you have, for example, the man that wants to take a family a certain direction, and the woman says, no, this is all going to cause friction. Where did these concepts come from? We've got some good comments actually coming on TikTok, believe it or not. brothers and sisters on TikTok. Men getting married, but not prioritizing their marriage is an issue. Again, we speak about, we've done series on this. 100%. So one, one thing that uh, a lot of people always uh, neglect and fail to see, and I'm not saying this particular commenter, but in general is when you're talking about one topic, they say, why don't you talk about the other topic? Mm. They can go to my Facebook and there's a yeah, whole series yes. and we've on, done it on the, radio the main reasons times. for divorce in the community. Just to be just a whole a, series on an, another comment. I believe many girls and women these days don't understand the ma that marriage and family is a blessing. The, the, again, these are things that a lot of young girls, they do have this understanding, but they're shy and they're embarrassed to say it and they're fearful of saying it because of how society is going to react. Yani, Allah uh, they, two, two more comments and we'll, no. we'll come back to the discussion. Uh, or Western society has crept into Eastern cultures and has been ruining the concept of marriage. This is correct. Uh, also, unfortunately, I see a lot of women are, are the men in the family and the man is too scared from the wife. <laughs> that's uh we've heard that before yeah. again these are all things that when you sit there and you break it down you see how society has gone from trying to treat one form of oppression to a complete another form of oppression yani in order to protect the female which is necessary they have led to some forms of oppressing the male like yani how easy it is for a husband or a father uh, to be um kept away from seeing his children even if it is based on complete lies but sometimes the system is made so that he won't see his kids for one or two years. And you can imagine the heartache and the problem that happens. 100%. And so some people, they say, you know what, I'm not even going to bother saying whatever my wife wants, I'll do. But again, this goes back to you know, choosing the right spouse, etc., etc. et cetera. A lot of this stuff, we've, we've, already, um, we've already discussed this stuff uh, early on in, in the program, or early on in the series, to go back how everyone has a role. Uh, everyone has responsibilities, the man and the woman. And sometimes what is causing the issues is each party not fulfilling their responsibility. We've discussed that in quite some detail. So go back to the series. This is part six. So we are missing quite a bit um, or, or you are missing quite a bit if this is your first one. Yeah. So please go back, listen. And any feedback that you have, we're more than welcome to hear it. And, Even and, and yani from that, the, one of the concepts is yani, the removal of gender roles. So yani, there's no such thing as gender roles. Again, this is a concept which people have understood. What do you mean there's no such thing as gender roles? Yani, what is the man better suited for and what is the female better suited for? Assume the comments are flying in just after I said there's pretty much no useful comments here. All the useful comments have come <laughs> Alhamdulillah. in now. Alhamdulillah. Um, women these days are getting married for the wedding, not remembering that it's a lo long life commitment. Um, we also, Someone was talking about that. Yeah, today. parents need to advise or guide their children and provide them with resources for a good marriage. These are the smart parents. Excellent. Also, parents are making it difficult for their children to get married and reject potential spouses. Also, another one, parenting has also left the door. Parenting has also left the door and people don't take responsibility for taking care of their children. This is a massive one. And again, we speak a lot. Barakallah fikum, dear brothers. After I just threw everyone under the bus and said no one's got any good comments. But they have proven me quite wrong and I apologize for that. A lot of good comments there. Keep them coming, dear brothers. We'll get back to them later. From from the things that we were mentioning before about you know, people going and doing their own research and, and coming to their own conclusion, as long as it's based on facts. Again, we always say, you don't want to follow blindly, don't follow blindly. No problem. You don't want to listen to these guys, don't listen to these guys. But make sure it's not just based on emotions, it's based on facts. By doing your own research, if you're 
a religious person, Quran and Sunnah. If you're not a religious person, go look at statistics and studies that are done in society. Even look at your own reality. Uh, we talk about, for example, how uh, you know women and their career paths and the like. No problem. What are the consequences that that causes? Let's just look at the way children are raised today. You grew up in a time where the norm was that the mother was the caretaker at home. Even the non-Muslims, forget the Muslims. We're talking about human. This is a human issue. But from as, us as Muslims, we prioritize the Islamic concept behind it. But even if you want to look at it from a human issue, we're living in Australia. This is the society that we were you know, born in and grew up in. Uh, the parents with full-time mothers at home. How do you remember those children being? Were they more in line? Were they more respectful? Were they more honorable? Did they, were they better educated? Etc, etc, etc. The general answer is yes. The ones that didn't have that parent at home, how was, how was them? You find, again, the general rule is the opposite. There's always, again, going to be exceptions. But we're talking about the norm, the general rule. And that's the general rule. So nowadays, when we find the child wakes up in the morning, he's given the iPad, his mother, if he's lucky, puts him cereal, drops him off at preschool. Uh, after school, preschool, he goes to school. After school, he, he comes into uh, after school care. After school care, the parents come home. The father's smashed from work. The woman's smashed from work. They are looking at the kid and they can't have a bar of the kid. Why? Because they're both smashed from work. No problem. What can we give this kid before he gets to bed? Let's just give him what he wants. Anything that's going to make that kid happy, let's just give it to him. That child, what does he grow up with? One of the main reasons for mental health issues is a lack of good parenting from when they're young. A lack of good parenting when they're young. Why was there a lack of good parenting? Because the father and the mother could not be there. The father and the mother could not be there. He was busy, she was busy. What happened to the kids? He had to grow up on things like iPads and the like. Tayyip, where is the character that's instilled in him? So we say, okay, the parents need to put in more effort. Okay, so who's going to sacrifice? The father or the mother? Who's better suited to raise that child? Only yani, an imbecile will tell you the, yani, anyone besides the mother is best suited to raise that child, especially in the infant years. For, this is not something that Wallah, we're saying for, uh, just heck, because we're bored at, what is it, 10.35 p.m. And, you know, Wallah, we're bored. Time. Let's just yani, keep each other up at night and let's just say whatever we can. No, these are things that Islamically are established and even in yani non-Islamic traditions are established. And even if you only believe in science, even science yani, proves over and over and over again. So the, the first main way that they do it is from an, getting into the Islamic minds we're talking about is to get us to accept as Muslims concepts which are not Islamic, ideas and ideals which are not Islamic. And we accept them hook, line and sinker without us thinking about their origins nor their consequences so what can we do before we just accept anything besides quran and sunnah which we should accept straight away and implement straight away anything other than that we stop we pause we reflect we ponder we ask ourselves where did it come from was it in line with quran and sunnah or did it come from other than that and if it came from other than quran and sunnah is it in line with the teachings of the quran and sunnah if yes beautiful if no then we reject it and then uh, we also look at the consequences of these ideals and these ideas and these concepts and the like. What are the consequences of it? Not based on my emotions, not based on he say, not based on any conjecture. No. 
on actual facts, that which society has proven, that which we see with our own eyes, and that which, and if again you believe in science, that which even science talks about Allah Musta'an. Sheikh Nassim, for all those brothers and sisters watching on our social media platforms, on TikTok and the like, you can go over to our YouTube channel and watch it in better quality, Al-Bayan Radio Australia. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or download our app, Al-Bayan Radio. You can go to our website, albayan.com.au and find the details there to how, download a, to how to download our app from the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. Sheikh Nassim. The um, second one. Fadda, go for it. The second one, and this is these are the two that we're speaking about tonight. And this second one is, in many ways, much more dangerous than the first one. So the first one is jahl, ignorance. It could be simple ignorance of a person trying to fight their point. It could be jahl murakkab, yani compounded ignorance, which is a problem. When he thinks he knows, in other words. When, yeah, it's like, what's 2 plus 2? If a person says, well, I don't know what 2 plus 2 is. That person's ignorant. What's 2 plus 2? If someone says 2 plus 2 is 5, you say, no, it's 4. He says, Wallah, it's five. <laughs> Believe me, I know it's five. I'm certain it's five. This is called Jal Murakkab. The person not knowing, but he thinks that, as you mentioned, he knows. This is compounded ignorance. You've got a category worse than that. And this is when he starts talking about the religion. This is when he starts talking about the religion. And the second issue is incorrect Islamic justifications. So there's saying, you know, uh, my body, my choice. Um, you know, independence uh, I don't need a man only God can judge me haram police blah 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 these are non-Islamic concepts so you know, a person says it they're incorrect that's one thing but then you get to in Islam, uh, un-Islamic justifications or incorrect Islamic justifications things like someone telling you it's not haram it's not haram like uh, I'm allowed to show my beauty why? because of the hadith of the Prophet Verily, Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. So, show your beauty. So, so that's, a, that's a, an evidence for me to show my beauty. That's a massive issue. It's a beautiful hadith. But yeah, it's, it's a, a hadith. That's a, that's a funky it's a beautiful um, explanation, hadith, that one. But it's, it's, not, it's not the understanding of the hadith. So, I believe here as well, we've got to remind our brothers and sisters that when we take one hadith, even if you take a general application, even if it's a twisted application, uh, you have to take all the hadith and all the ayat and bring them together. And this really goes back to having the understanding that the pious generation had, the best of generations, the Prophet ﷺ, his companions, and those who followed their way. You can't just take one hadith, and this is a, one of the main reasons for misguidance. Take one hadith, run with it, forget the rest of Islam. When you want to come up and understand a ruling from a hadith, never try and do it yourself. There are very simple a hadith which are very simple to understand. But the reason they're simple, the reason they're simple to understand is because someone's explained it to you. Like, none of you truly believe in two, you love for your brother, you love for yourself. Even that hadith, as simple as it sounds, many people are mistaken, incorrect in the understanding of the hadith. Man. Okay? So we're going to, we, we need to put our whims and desires aside and go back to what is the understanding of the Quran and Sunnah, the simple understanding. There's, again, very simple other verses like, La ilaha illallah. This, you're not going to be a person who says, okay, there's no deity worthy of worship Allah. I can also worship Jesus. This is obvious. There are certain things which are clear. And you know, two people differ on it. But when you want to derive rulings from an ayah of Quran, when you want to derive rulings from a hadith, excuse me, 
you need to make sure that you have the tools to do so. Inna Allah jamilun yuhibbul jamal. Allah is beautiful. He loves beauty. You are allowed to say yes. Allah is beautiful. He loves beauty. That's a general understanding. No problem. But when you want to derive rulings to say, that means, that means that I'm allowed to beautify myself. I'm allowed to do my eyebrows and put makeup on and you know, show half my neck and my world, arms yeah. and display it to the world. And put on your status. And, and you are everything. deriving a ruling from the hadith. Now you need to stop and say, know your, know your level. Know your limit. There's a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us, Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. So, number one, always go back to what the people of knowledge said regarding the deriving of rulings when it comes to our religion. Some will say, yani, who are the scholars for us to have to go back to? Allah says, Qul Allah wa rasula wa amri minkum. Say, obey Allah and obey the Prophet Muhammad sallam, and those in authority amongst you. Who are those in authority amongst you? There are two types. One are the scholars, those who are yani, in Islamic leadership. Naam, yani, your uh, Islamic government when there is one, and when yani, you have scholars, uh, they are the authoritative ones around them. These, these amongst many other ayat and many other hadith from the Prophet But this suffices, inshallah. So for anyone to think that I don't need to go back to the scholars, you're fooling yourself. Do you know how to derive yani, rulings from Quran and Sunnah? If you do not know, for example, what Kula Adharab al-Falak means, please, don't bother getting into anything else. You know, al al khalnas You don't know what these things mean? You're not going to get the rest of the Qur'an, even though these are from the, you know, the simplest of understandings of the Qur'an, let alone that which is more deeper. So, yes, we need to understand and be humble that we have a limited understanding of Islamic knowledge. We have some understanding, but we're not qualified to derive ruling. So, leave that to the scholars. That's number one. Number two, be very careful of following your whims and desires. Just because something sounds nice or something is in line with what you want does not mean that it's right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, Have you not seen the one who took Allah as, uh, who took his desires as a deity besides Allah? His desires, what does he want? Uh, that must be right. So when a person hears yani, this particular concept, whether it was right or wrong, research behind it, where it came from, they don't care. Why? As long as it's correct, in my mind, or in my logic, or according to what my desires want, then I'm happy. And this is a problem. Sometimes you get yani, bombarded with yani, TikTok videos. Sheikh, is this correct? Sheikh, is this correct? Sheikh, is this correct? But why are you on TikTok? And why are you asking me something of yani, people that you don't know who they are? You don't know their background. You just look at them and you can tell that then they're Level of religion is not where it needs to be. Why are you taking off them? Because it suits your aims and desires. That's why you want it. I'm happy that they're asking. But my point is, why did it cause a fitna for you in the first place? This thing should be completely ignored. It should be completely ignored. If you don't trust the person's level of knowledge, you don't trust the person's fear of Allah, you don't trust the person's uh, trustworthiness, then you should not take off that person. You're not allowed to Islamically take off that person. They, all these three things need to be there. You need to believe that they have enough knowledge. Believe that they truly fear Allah. And you need to believe that they're trustworthy in the, in the information that they're giving you. If you don't believe that then, Islamically, how do you take off such a person? And as you know, yani you're streaming on, to, on, uh, on TikTok. You're streaming on TikTok. Yani TikTok is yani, a minefield when it comes to who's on there and who's not on there. 
Alhamdulillah, you didn't use another word. <laughs> it would have been part of that mess. <laughs> it's a minefield. Jay, it's a minefield. And if a person steps wrong, boom, he's gone. Yes. So it's it's very dangerous. So if a person does not have uh, a good Islamic understanding, you have a shaykh to go back to, to study with, to understand the religion. And if you know what? If you say, I want to be the one that can read Quran and Sunnah so that I can derive my own rulings. Beautiful. Excellent. What an aspiration to have. All you got to do is go and study. Go and study, yes. put in the hard work to get to that level. And this will be excellent. And we encourage everyone to do that. But if you're not going to do that, which is the vast majority of people, and again, humble yourself and have teachers Islamically that fill those three conditions. And inshallah, Azza wa Jal, go off uh, what they say and be able to benefit from them in that regard. But for a person to come and have un-Islamic concepts and to justify uh the un-Islamic concept somehow Islamically, this is completely rejected. And it's speaking about the religion of Allah with no knowledge. And this is extremely dangerous. We'll give some uh, examples. I'm not sure if you wanted to... No, no go for it. Go for it. Uh, one of the most common ones. Uh, women, Islam, women working in Islam is promoted. And the evidence for that is Khadija radiallahu anha. One of the most common yani, things that you hear regarding... Mm-hmm. Again, so that the listeners understand we're talking about why the Muslim woman so we're talking about female stuff we can talk about men in another episode inshallah here we're speaking about females so Islam promotes females working I want to be like Khadija anha. firstly Khadija was at the beginning of Islam there was no hijab and the like the rulings mostly came in Al-Madina for 13 years that the Prophet was in Mecca the main focus was on Tawheed and Iman Worshipping only Allah, not associating partners of Allah, working towards the paradise, fearing the hellfire, learning from the stories of the people before us, etc. Most of the rulings came in Medina. Tayyib. In Al Medina, Khadija Radhana wasn't there. She passed so away. She passed away before Al Medina. So hijab was not instilled. The other rulings about the interaction between males and females were not there in Mecca. These came in. Al-Madina. Third, which is one of the most important and obvious ones. What was the relationship before their marriage of Khadija and the Prophet He used to work for her. Why? She was a business owner, not a business woman. Very, very, very big difference. She owned the trade that the Prophet used to run. Why? Because it was not considered appropriate for a woman to go out and to travel and to do with the men and like it was not something which was considered honorable. So she owned the business and she hired the Prophet ﷺ to run the business so that he can do all of the interacting with the men and traveling etc. How can you apply Khadija radiallahu case to what the female does today through completely beautifying herself and going and sitting in meetings and private meetings and being in late night phone calls and traveling and the like with non-mahram men. How, how can you compare the two? This is you know, one very, very, very specific example. Another very common example is um, females should be teaching even if they're in the public eye and in front of the men, even if there is no need. Why? Because Aisha was one of the main scholars of Islam. We say again, beautiful. How did Aisha teach? 
And when you say she was the one, one of the many scholars in Islam, how did she teach? What was her method of teaching? She did not stand on a podium in front of all of these men when she was beautified when there wasn't a need. She wore complete hijab. She done it behind a barrier. She done it behind a barrier. A lot of the ones that she taught directly and who were big students of hers were her maharim, like her nephews. There was a need for Aisha to teach because without Aisha yeah. telling us intricate details of the life of the Prophet how are we going to know how he was, how he slept, how he ate, how they were in terms of intimacy, how they were in terms of menses, etc. Where are we going to learn that from? There was a need for her. And why did you stop at Aisha and all of the other Sahabiyat they were scholars in their own right from the, their worst scholars, my apologies. They were scholars in their own right from amongst them. But what was their method of teaching? Was it getting up on stages and beautified? Abadan. Abadan. This was never this was never the, the mode of teaching or passing on knowledge. So how do you justify what you are doing based on what Aisha was doing? They are only you know, two completely separate things. Uh sometimes you know they'll be like, Oh, we want a husband like the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was. Okay, this is a beautiful statement. Everyone should aspire to be in everything he does in life, like the Prophet. But what do you mean by I want a husband like the Prophet was a husband? Do you know that he was married to multiple women at once? If your husband even thinks of that, you have heart palpitations. It's a big trouble. Uh, that the Prophet would spend, it was less because of the multiple wives, one night a week at the houses of his wives. The Prophet during the day, even the yesterday's time, obviously spent with the wife and family, but the Prophet was extremely busy in the life of da'wah. He was the uh, main da'i. He was the person that people asked questions to. People would seek counsel in discussions. He had his own business dealings that he would do, He had to prepare jihad and go out in jihad. He had to run the state. And he was the Amir. And there were so many things. He was extremely busy. What do you mean when you say, I want a husband? What they mean is, I want a husband to cook and clean. Stop for a second. Was that the norm of the Prophet ﷺ? That he used to cook and clean? Or was it expected from his wives? And the servants and the slaves that the Prophet ﷺ had? If the Prophet ﷺ assisted at times, this is beautiful. And if the husband wants to get involved in the housework, this is beautiful. But to expect it of the Prophet ﷺ, do you think that's what happened? Abadan. They didn't expect of the Prophet. Why do you expect it of other than the Prophet? You're saying something, you don't even know what you're saying. But because it sounded good, it sounded nice, you understood it in line with your whims and desires, and so you made any major mistakes. Major mistakes. And those major mistakes, they're not pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if something is not pleasing to Allah Azzawajal, it's pleasing to someone else. Who's that someone else? That someone else is Shaitan. So our brothers and our sisters need to be very careful of misunderstanding Islamic cons uh, of uh, applying incorrect Islamic concepts to their lives, incorrect Islamic justifications to their lives, and they are plenty. They are plenty. Uh, you know, from the newer ones, uh, hijab is not hijab. Hijab is about modesty. Allah Azza refers to modesty. This is you know, something completely, you know, incomprehensible in Islamic history for anyone to make this mistake. 
based on evidences in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Where did you get this foreign concept from? You're getting it from other than Islam. It sounds good, so you're trying to apply it with an Islamic flavor. Do not do that. Islam is Islam. What we do is, we learn Islam and we apply Islam. But for us to go and get concepts which are un-Islamic and pass them off as Islamic, these people are committing one of the worst sins that a person can commit in Islam. It really does go back to the brothers and sisters only speaking based upon knowledge, sure knowledge, Islamic knowledge, and stick to your lane. Don't speak what you don't know. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know. May Allah enlighten me. May Allah give me knowledge. Because you're basically signing off on behalf of Allah when you, when, when you talk. Allah says in the Quran, do not allow your tongues to wag or saying this is halal and this is haram in order for you to invent lies against Allah. Verily, those who invent lies against Allah will never be successful. If you are lying, this is a very important concept people really need to grasp. Your haram does not need an intention. Your haram does not need an intention. Your halal needs intention. For example, uh, I bought a phone. It's halal. What's my intention? If my intention is to read Quran, be in touch with my relatives, and you organize my life in da'wah, etc., I get rewarded for buying the phone. Speak to your wife. So of course, that's a must. That's on top of the list. But if uh, you're going to get me in trouble. But if you know, a person's intention is to, for example, buy a phone to look at haram, to shut up girls and the like, then him buying the phone becomes haram. The act itself was halal, buying the phone. It's mubah. But your intention made it an act of worship or could make it a sin. When it comes to the haram, you don't need an intention. For example, a person swears at someone else. He says some foul world words to a person. He can't say, oh, but no, my intention was to encourage him. My intention was to encourage him. I didn't mean anything bad. I just want him to be encouraged. This is wrong. A person can't go, for example, and punch his dad in the face. I mean, why did you do that? I want to show my love to my dad. By punching him in the face? But the action is wrong. doesn't matter what your intention is. The action is wrong. It's wrong. When a person speaks about the religion of Allah, Azzawajal, without knowledge, he is committing a sin. Not any sin, a major sin. A major sin. He can't say, oh, but my intention was good. Preach about me, even if it is one verse, the Prophet said. But preach about me. What I say, preach to others. But to go and get your wrong understanding or to get what you think or your desires and to promote that as Islam, this is something extremely bad. And it doesn't matter what your intention is. The fact that it was wrong is wrong. Your intention may save you from kufr. Some people, they say things which are kufr, which yani, they don't intend it to be kufr. Possibly, yes. Obviously, your intention helps here. But in terms of the sin, you're sinful. Allah must start. Barakallah fiqh, Sheikh Nasim. I think we'll call it a night. I'm happy to continue. <laughs> but that's for tonight. These are the two points in it tonight that we we'll focus on. And next week, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, we'll talk about some of the consequences. Oh, not next week. Ooh, you almost told me to. Uh, the next episode is Mention one consequence or maybe a preview of the consequences so we can get the listeners and the viewers ready for the next one. And an increased level of unhappiness in females, for example. This is a consequence. Yes. This is just you know, a very, we mentioned some as we were speaking. This is one very common one. Uh, an increased level of unhappiness in females. Extreme unhappiness in females. Sheikh Nassim, you've got some shout outs here. I mean, they love you, man. Love you, Sheikhi. Abu Tak. Abu Tak. Beautiful name. Um, Omar, 
Jazakallah khairan. If Shaykhi. I know who you are and you're on TikTok, I'm upset. <laughs> um, watch on YouTube and don't watch on TikTok. Benchmark, Sheikh Nasim, I have some znood. Uh, that's uh, Ahmed Dawood. <laughs> Another brother, uh, don't tempt uh, Halle, he'll come to CYC. There you go. Just <laughs> gave it away. Um, that's it. Uh, there's a lot of foot questions, some out of topic, some on topic. Maybe we'll leave them for another time. We, we appreciate that you're sending your questions through. Um, but we'd like, really like to keep it to the topic. Um, and there are some stirrers on here that ask questions, create, create controversy. We've picked that up already. Genuine questions, we always try to get to them, even on other programs. Uh, Sheikh Nassim, any final comments before we call it a night? If you're on TikTok, my sincere advice is to get off. This is my sincere advice. Obviously, the brothers stream because... They you know, try their best to go to where the people are going to be. So they do their best. This is without doubt. But if you are on these devices, whether you are male or female, these are not healthy for your religion on these devices. If you are on these applications, they're not healthy for your religion. You know, yes, right now, Tabarakallah, you're, you know, you're watching us. But as soon as this is off, you know, you know what's popping up next. And it's going to make you forget everything that we said. Now, um, uh, what about giving da'wah on it? If it's purely da'wah and you're not, being led down the wrong path. No doubt. All of these applications, if you're using them for wrong, then it is wrong. No for, doubt. For those that you know, claim that they're giving da'wah, I would sincerely advise you to speak to you know, your sheikh. You, know, you have to have a mentor because you need to know, okay, am I able to give da'wah? One of the conditions that the ulama put is to not fall into fitna. So, for example, I'm teaching females. One of the conditions is that you believe you're going to be safe from fitna. So, if you're giving da'wah just like how many brothers the shaitan fooled because they had the sincere intention to give da'wah and then it turned into something you know, very upsetting later on and they fell into major sins Wallah al-musta'an it's different from an organization in you know, khairan here al-bayan you know, underneath uh, the banner of al-sunnah wal-jama'ah there's mashayikh that are overlooking the brothers khairan, like yourself you know, being the da'wah for uh, you know, possibly decades you know. maybe, maybe moving on to to two decades now to Barakallah. Getting old. But Allah accept. Amin ya Rab. But there's there's a background and there's oversight and there's history. There's there's you know, trustworthiness there. Whereas if you got you know, a young brother, we know how these apps work. Sister messages the brother, brother messages to the sister, and it's all nice and at the beginning and then Fadaya happen later on, etc. So, so the brothers so. really need to ask and the sisters need to ask themselves what are you doing on there? And 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 go from there and as you said, speak to their their sheikh or their teacher, which brings me to the next question. The sheikh, a lot of brothers and sisters are asking uh, how, how they can attend your lessons. Can you maybe tell us about your program? Uh, in Sydney, alhamdulillah, I only have a one uh, open lesson, which is usually at Regent's Park on Tuesday nights. Um, Resuming this Tuesday, inshallah? Well, my father has an open heart surgery on Shafa Wednesday. Allah. Inshallah. So we ask the brothers and sisters to make dua for him. Amin, ya Rabbi. Abu Nasim, yeah? yeah? Abu Nasim. Uh, he has open heart surgery on Wednesday, inshallah. So most likely, I won't be doing the, the starting the series this week, but possibly inshallah the week after, we'll be uh, restarting the series, inshallah. Uh, and also in Bulandong, on Amy Street, Amy Street. Park, they've just ext uh, extended. Allah yeah, it's looking beautiful. Shout out to the brothers there, especially Sheikh Ahmed, our dear close personal yes, friend, travel <laughs> travel companion. <laughs> Yeah. Egyptian uh, buddy and other yeah. and don't forget Ziyad don't forget Ziyad brother Ziyad one of the main brothers there behind yeah. the scenes and all of the other brothers years. it's a yes. colourful bunch at Regent's Park um, and then there's other open lesson at uh, Wollongong Masjid as that's where you're mainly based is this that is right? right where, yeah Mondays, Wednesdays Thursday morning and Fridays 
so if you live in Wollongong, there's a bit more. There's a female lesson on Thursday mornings. Uh, on uh, Fridays, there's a youth lessons for the boys and girls. But you have to be in year 10, 11, 12. Uh, unfortunately, they're the only two open lessons. The Tuesdays and the Wednesday nights. Any talks at CYC, the brothers are asking? Uh, maybe in the holidays, inshallah. But inshallah. there'll be random one-offs. Now, we're gonna every start... fourth week of the month <laughs> for Juma. We're going to start our next program and asking how a Liverpool boy got to Wollongong. But we'll leave it for then. We'll keep the brothers and sisters in suspense until then. I'd like to thank all our brothers and sisters, wherever they watched. Use whatever you're watching, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, in that which is pleasing to Allah. If it's taking you away from Allah, then leave it for Allah's sake and download our app, albayanradio.com.au. All you can do is listen, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, and you can watch other content through the app as well. Barakallah fiqh, Sheikh Nassim, our tech team. Inshallah, they're still awake. I don't Allahu even know if he's there. Yeah, there he is. We normally, get, we normally have a, you know, we check through, we check with the brother throughout the program, make sure he's still awake. Make sure he's still here. Allahu <laughs> alam, yes. I can I can figure if he's not here, I got my own ways, but no, he's very reliable. We thank him once again, as we've said many times, without him, uh, there's, there's we don't have this program. So, Jazakallahu khairan. Amen. And that's to all the brothers and sisters. May Allah reward you kindly with the best in this world and the best in, next lo- in the next world. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.